You are listening to episode 249 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we pay our respect to those lost in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. sound a lot more exciting than what it actually was dude uh, we, i remember the dino wars <laughs> we played dino wars destruction of spondylus and uh it's on the nes That's, and it stays there for a reason yeah yeah it is there for a good reason and we'll talk about that in our inflation deflation segment of the week but you can find the game deflators on the game deflators.com you can find us on social media at game deflators on twitter or x whatever it's called now and at the game Inflators on instagram and facebook you can catch us on youtube and of course the podcast application you're listening to right now leave us a five-star review we'd greatly appreciate it all right current pickups ryan so i actually picked up a video game this week surprisingly Woo. yeah uh we went to target randomly and you know i peruse games the target all the time and uh they had spider-man miles morales on ps5 for 20 bucks so mm. i figured why not you know it's It'll probably be 10 bucks in two years. What's spending $20 right now when you account for inflation, right? So uh, pick that up. They also had the Donkey Kong Lego sets uh, there. Well, really the expansions to Mario series. So I picked up the Dixie Kong and the Rambi uh, Lego set. And then I already had the actual like Donkey Kong uh, first part of the expansion. I need to get Diddy Kong's uh, cart racing thing. And then I'm done with the Donkey Kong expansion. So it's pretty cool. So but I, oh, go on. How far are you going to go with this? Uh, as far as I need to. Like, are you going to get every Nintendo thing? Maybe. Like. At this rate, I might as well. You have the NES. Yep. Do you have that question mark block? No, I don't have that or the Bowser, actually. Mm. I mean, I just got the Horizon Zero Dawn one recently. So, you know, it's more video game related than anything else well like, yeah but like would you get the sonic sets i have a sonic one actually oh you do yeah okay. i have the uh kind of the scenery one i don't have the actual like playset one but i did see them yesterday and they look pretty cool so it's one of those things like i've mentioned it i'm picking it up for when my kid is older so he has like those video game related lego bricks to play with um we all know if you purchase lego or you play with lego or whatever you know that Lego consistently goes up in price as things go out of print. So something yeah. that was $15, like literally there are like 20 piece Lego sets for Mario that are like, that were like 15 bucks when they came out that are now like 60 or 70 at wow. this point because they're out of print. So sometimes Lego brings stuff back, but it's never like the first print run. It's like they do with the Harry Potter stuff, for example, like the train was out of print for a while and then they brought it back. Or they had like a certain, like the castle, they had the original castle that went out of print, but they revamped and brought out a new type of castle. So yeah, like I know that my X-Wing, I saw they've got a new like design for the X-Wing now. Yeah, but like your particular X-Wing that you had, <clears throat> that one is gone out of print, not happening again. So like those go up in price. The Mario stuff's a little different because they're consistently releasing things and it's like right now, but you have that Nintendo effect as well. So things that were and it's all like a game like it all works yeah. together 
exactly. So like the more of those things you have, the cooler it is for the kid that's playing. So I haven't opened anything up. It could be, I will say, it could be something that John decides to hide in his house. And when his child down the road is behaving very well, it's like, oh, I bought you a Lego set. Here you go. Because I'll have so many built up, Ryan. That's ultimate goal. That should be a parenting goal. Purchase now, use later. Um, but yeah, so that's where we are with it. And then, you know, I'll enjoy it too. I'll, I'll build stuff with him and we'll have our fun. And, you know, some people have asked me too, like, well, what if he doesn't want to play with Lego? Okay, well, it'll be out of print Nintendo Lego, still in box, six years from now. I'm just imagining your kid being 14 and just being like, no, guys, I don't even ask my parents for anything for my birthday. My dad just keeps giving me these Nintendo Legos from years ago. Like, I still want them. <laughs> and it's just like every gift-giving occasion, you've just always given him a Nintendo Lego. And he has, like, no concept. He's like, here's a Lego. Or, like, the video games, right? Like, oh, wow, you got me that game? Oh, yeah, I certainly did. Just pull it off the shelf. Yeah, go put it on the shelf. It has a, you know, I made a, a crack for it right there. Like it's in between <laughs> these two games. I already did all the alphabetizing, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I got to be so choosy with my Legos. I love Legos. And if I had more money and time and space, I would have more Legos. But like, I've mostly just got my like Star Wars things. And I got like a Doctor Strange thing my wife got me one year. I wish I had more, but like between Lego and Gunpla, like I don't have room to just put all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have room either. So that's why I have to be picky and choosy in my stuff right now. It's like, are there really cool things I wish I could get with Lego? Hell yeah. Like I would totally get the Atari and the Pac-Man. Dude, and you do that could type. condense all those books on that bookshelf and have like just like little Lego vignettes that would look really dope behind you. It, I actually have started to condense them a little bit. Not condenses and removing, but condenses in i've got bookends now and i've been pressing them in and like kind of getting them to create space uh so i have done that and then up top there's actually space where i could put lego sets but i haven't done that either and then upstairs um where i have all my board games there's plenty of space on that too where i could put lego sets but i haven't done that either mm -hmm. so like i have space where i can display them but i don't exactly want to i mean there's not a ton of room and I'm just kind of buying this stuff right now for my kids so he can play it when he's older. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then lastly, some magic, the gathering cards. Um, so talking about running out of space, right? Uh, I need to, at some point, I don't know. I, I got a brainstorm with you on how I can like construct something that can hold those 5,000 count boxes I have. So that as I kind of condense yeah. cards, I can stack them in the closet to where they're like, organized right like there's something material holding them up so it's easier to kind of pull things in and out yeah um so i don't know at some point i'll chat feel on that but um i got a few magic cards uh for a poison deck that i want to run in standard and it's funny my my wife has just asked me like oh how much did it cost you I'm like 30 bucks to get all the cards i need for one deck and it'll go into a topic i want to talk about for discussion which is budget magic the gathering for today's discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, and then lastly, in terms of uh, magic cards I got, we drafted, obviously. Uh, so we did a draft on Friday, Ryan, myself, and a couple friends. We did a box of Brothers War. I thought it was fun. Zach yeah. killed us. Yeah, um, Zach destroyed that, us. That was brutal. You, the whole me, time, and Sergio all had like really long-winded, long-match decks. Yeah. there. I, I think my first match against Sergio went like 30 minutes, and then the second one went, you guys were like, what round are you on? We're like, round two. And he asked me, he's like, 
do you want to play another? I'm like, no. I'm like, technically speaking, if we were in a tournament setting for draft, I would have won between the two of us 1-0. That's how long our matches went. Mm -hmm. um, I almost decked out. Like, that's so hard to do in draft is decking out. Uh, I was just well, constantly... Well, it's only 40 cards. Yeah, but I was drawing three cards a turn. Yeah, so, I mean, that's like, that adds up real fast. Yeah. So, like, my whole concept was like, let me draw into my cards so I can bring out creatures faster. And then somehow Zach cracked the code of like, well, let me just bring out creatures even faster than you and make them like 10 tens. Like, that's yeah. kind of stupid. So uh, the whole time he was like, oh, this deck is garbage. I don't think yeah, it's going to work well. I know, I <laughs> know. He, he fucking pull shark this dude, for sure. So uh, that, that was what we did on Friday night. And then uh, playing, uh, let's see, White Knight Chronicles. I've been in the underbelly of greed, still in there, but I figured out what the hell to do. So we're on pace to continue the game. So that's good. And then I've been playing Magic the Gathering Arena. So I'm saving up my gold right now so that way I can uh, buy all the packs from Eldraine that I can uh, when that comes out in a couple weeks. And I am platinum level three on there. I'm trying to get to at least diamond and see how that goes. Uh, but dude, I'm doing it with a, a burn deck, right? So nice. again, we'll go into budget magic here in a little bit. Yourself though, did you have any pickups? I sort of did. So oh, nice. I hit up the game pass this weekend and I checked out the new, I guess Xbox did an update to their screen now. So when you're on the home screen, you can see a lot more of the like, wallpaper or whatever the background thing is and the icons aren't so in the way it was always like a little wonky navigating before and i guess i see how it's set up now it makes it easier to get to game pass i think so i'm cool for that so i went and checked out game pass and there was a bunch of stuff on there that i wanted to check out i pre-installed both sea of stars and starfield so those will be coming out both of those soon. Um, and then I installed Firewatch because I think that's a game that my wife might like. And I've always wanted to play it, even though I've seen a playthrough of it like years ago. Um, a Short Hike is supposed to be really fun and a uh, creator I like. It's like one of his favorite games. And then Celeste, which everybody absolutely loves and I've been wanting to check out for a while just to see what it's about. And, yeah, I know uh, uh, Church, the game grinder, he actually really enjoyed Celeste, so I've seen a lot of like feedback from him in particular mm -hmm. uh, over others. I It doesn't look like a game I could get into personally. Like It's a little too pixelated. The Because that one's like very much 8-bit style, right? I, I, I don't think... So. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like it is like a pixelated aesthetic, but I mean, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't know, man. That one in particular is just. No, oh, no, that one's not 8-bit. That's a little a little better than that. But yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't. It's a platformer. So, I mean, there it does have that going for it. I don't know. Maybe I should give it a shot. It kind of has that like Ori, like, whoosh, like, yeah, launch yourself as, mechanic. Just not as polished. Like, I don't know. I think it's. Ori gameplay me, wise people say this is like a pretty sharp platformer well i mean polished in a sense of like the visuals like this is yeah. very much retro whereas ori is like next gen retro in a sense yeah ori is like very artistically done yeah, yeah. exactly which i really like about that versus this not being that but I don't, I don't know maybe i should give it a shot i've heard good things visually it doesn't you look don't like have game pass head. yet right i don't need game pass to play celeste 
Oh, you've already got it somewhere? Uh, I mean, I can pick it up if I want a physical copy. And we'll go into that a little later, too, on physical versus digital. Um, it Visually, like I said, it's not really what I want to play right now. Yeah. Um, but I have heard good enough things that it might make it worth it. So I'll just wait till it gets cheaper. Yeah. And then I'm playing Final Fantasy IX still. I'm on disc three. Rolling so right along. Still on disc three. How many hours? What level? I am. I'm not sure how how far or what level. I think I'm at level like um, 30, 32, maybe. I don't know. You got some grinding to do, man. I don't think so. Oh, I think so. Let me see. What are you looking up? Your preservation device or uh, what level you need to be to defeat it? Typical in-game level 45 to 55. Really? Yeah. 60 <laughs> is probably safer for the final boss. That's yeah, usually what I get to at minimum is like 60. I just, I don't know. Like, I haven't felt any need to grind in this game. Like, there's never been a fight that, like, I wasn't able to just redo and beat it the second go. Like, it wasn't, like, my level holding me back. Like, maybe I needed to change my abilities up or I just didn't heal before going in or... Like yeah. I could have equipped a certain ability to give myself an immunity. Like I had a boss that was like kicking my butt and then I put like, oh, no confusion on. And all of a sudden it was easy. Yeah, like I kind of feel that same way of White Knight Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see real quick what it says. Somebody said, I can't imagine reaching level 50. Um, I don't know, it depends. Like I'm only like level 15 right now and I'm like, over a third of the way or a third of the way through the game. So like the same as you, right? Like I don't feel a need right now to level up, but at the same time, I think I'm going to have to, this is 36 to 41 using a fire sword. It says, so, yeah. you know, I, I haven't come across same deal. I haven't come across anything that's like super challenging. We're like, Oh man, I really need to level up because I'm not going to beat the game, which could be a curse. It could be that I get to that point and I'm like, man, now I got to grind a bunch of like, terrible crap yeah and i'm not gonna do like all the side quests and i'm not gonna do like all the ultimate weapons and and all that stuff i'm just playing through the game like i'm at this part right now where uh dagger one of your characters uh for story reasons dagger's the princess right Mm -hmm. she can't focus and she's got like a lot on her mind and it's kind of holding her back so if you've got her in your party Sometimes she just won't be able to use a move. Ah. But it's like, I'm just keeping her in my party anyways. So Dagger suffers from ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For yeah. for a for a bit of the game, she point, has a yeah. hard time. So, I mean, I, I like just having the core party in there. And as much as I do kind of like some of the side characters, I just want to keep those four as my party that I'm using even if she is going to be like subpar for story reasons, like, you know, in my playthrough of the game, like they were all together the whole time anyway. So yeah, makes sense. That's what I've been doing. I guess I played a little bit of Celeste this morning before the podcast. Um, and I did enjoy it. I got, I think I did like 10 screens or something and it's got some like little dialogue and, uh, nice, animated like or a little 
sprites for the characters not sprites like avatar face shots yeah for my next know. game i'm thinking after white knight chronicles i gotta play a little bit of this what i have on screen mm. tunic yeah. yeah definitely do that yeah if not you know having as like a side game you know kind of have the switch upstairs when i'm getting ready for bed and do that I, i'm still watching sons of anarchy so i'm on the last season so i know like soon it's gonna be a all right well i'm going to bed what do i do play some tunic so yeah dude yeah. i can't wait for you to talk to me about tunic yeah no i'm excited that's uh it's been sitting it stares at me every day when i'm working because i work from home as you know mm -hmm. uh so i have tunic like right there how much farther do you have to go in white knight um like i said i'm probably like only a third of the way through the game oh, it's man. been one of those like i'll play it for an hour here or there but the problem with that game is it's very dungeon crawl heavy um not even so much grinding it's just dungeons and you're diving in and doing these dungeons for how however long so like the one dungeon i'm in right now it's taken me like two and a half hours just yeah this dungeon that's only a portion of the story but there are chapters of the game where they're like oh yeah you're on this chapter and you speed through it in 30 minutes so mm -hmm. it kind of has its moments right where it's ebbs and flows really uh but we'll get to that point um really when sons of anarchy when i'm finished with that I'll put in tunic on the switch and I'll probably play that on the side. So, you know, when I'm hanging out ready for bed instead of playing on my phone, I'll play tunic. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive into our discussion topic of the week. And that is budget magic, the gathering. So a few things kind of triggered my attention towards this today. And, you know, if, if you're somebody like Ryan kind of does budget magic as well here. So like, if you're somebody that is interested in magic or, you find yourself with not enough funds to support cardboard crack because that's really what it is. <laughs> uh, that's a legit comic. Go look it up. It's hilarious. Um, if you find yourself like not able to afford it, there are options for you to truly like have fun with magic, right? And not have to spend a ton of money. Drafting is one way that we've done it, right? A group draft, have some fun with it. We split between four of us. We split a booster box. It's a hundred bucks. 25 bucks a piece each person got nine packs i mean that right there is pretty good but on top of that you're getting to actively play so i think that's the first area um the second area is if you have a collection already but you really don't want to spend more money is doing a, a cube and then being able to draft that cube with friends and play casually in that and if you haven't done a cube and ryan i don't know if you're familiar with cubes i'm familiar with the idea of cubes i've talked about making a cube but I don't exactly know how to put one together and like how to conceptualize like all the cards that I would want to actually put into a cube other than just being like, oh, let's make a cube of this set. Yeah. So realistically, it depends on the type of cube you want to make, right? So some people will do a set, like you said. So it'd be similar to if you were drafting, you just have a bunch of cards from like that particular set would be in a cube so if you have a set that's like 360 cards or 400 cards whatever it is you would put those cards into a cube like one of each essentially um popper is one that i want to do and so a popper cube you just kind of go based off of the theme and you might do like oh i want 20 or 50 blue cards 50 red cards 50 black 50 artifact etc and have those kind of built in and then you just do a popper cube which is all commons and that's a very cheap way to do a cube because realistically 
I mean, if you're looking at cards that are 10 cents sometimes for, uh, for, you know, commons, you can pick up a whole bunch of commons on the cheap, right. And make a cube that way. Um, so then, commons makes more sense, but like if you're doing a cube, how do you make sure everybody gets like only like one rare or mythic? You only put one of each, but and like, then, well, you, you split up the, cause you create packs, right? So you create packs of 15, like you would for a draft essentially but then doesn't somebody know what's in like well i guess everybody winds up knowing what everything is anyways yeah over time you do but like it's randomized right so if you're doing a cube that is pack oriented you might put like okay i'm gonna get one rare or mythic and there's only a certain amount of mythics certain amount of rares you're gonna have in there um of course x amount of commons x amount of uncommons and then a land right mm -hmm. and you toss those in or instead of a land maybe you put an extra common right so somebody's not getting another land um and so yeah you just kind of theme it out like you would a booster pack and because it's randomized you know like you might say as you're done as a group of friends you might say hey everybody put your commons in one pile uncommons in the other your rares mythics in another pile and then as you as a host maybe you're putting it back together you know okay i need four of these five of these one of these etc and just kind of pile it back in Mm -hmm. so i mean that's how i would do it in in getting that set up and then you would just kind of put like the back part of the card on the front and then the back on the other part if you're doing a clear sleeve and then it's kind of broken out the way it needs to be in terms of packs and and how it's randomized and everything else so as long as you just kind of shuffle up those uncommon shuffle up those commons throw them into different packs same with the rare you don't necessarily you're not going to give somebody like an advantage in, in which they have like oh, I've got all the cards I need in this one pack. Because you could theoretically do sealed cube too, right? Like, okay, here, get whatever packs, etc. So, yeah, I mean, there's ways to do it. There's different themes. You could do some that are like, oh, we're going to do mythical creatures or we're just going to do humans and wizards or we're mm. going to do goblins and phyrexians, whatever. Whatever you can put together 360 cards of. Yeah, or however many cards you would need in the cube. Like, yeah, there's it says 360 amounts. and more. Yeah, 360, I think, for like a group of eight. And then because you need three packs at 45 for eight, which would be about 360. Um, and then if you're going to do 16 people, you obviously need more packs than that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking to do. You Interesting. Know, Popper, I think, is the most fun because um, it's the easiest to run because it's just a bunch of commons. And you just throw all the commons into you get one of each and then you just throw them in their packs. Yeah, I've been really enjoying the way that we've been doing our because like I, I'm really only interested in draft and we used to go to draft nights like on a bunch of Fridays and those were pretty fun and there'd be like a big group of people. But if we can go in just like the four of us for the same price, because it's like, what, 25 bucks to go yeah. and do a draft? No, 15. 15? So if gets, but if we can get six people. Then yeah. you're looking at about 18, 20 bucks a person. Yeah. It's still good. And you get more packs that way anyways. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when we did it with just the four of us, like I just saved my extra six packs. So anytime we want to do draft, I've already got six packs like ready to go. Yeah. And if I, you know, we do this like a few more times for a few more boxes, like we could do mixed drafts. We could do like all kinds of stuff, but you know, you don't always have to be playing the most current set. 
to like be having fun playing magic like if you want to be going to the stores and playing competitively that's fine but if you just want to play with friends and you don't want to get into that scene there's way cheaper ways to do magic well and even in the competitive scene you can get away with having budget decks you've been killing it lately with that like burn deck and stuff yeah so like burn is a very effective way to play magic gathering in a competitive setting and sometimes put in some damage occasionally you're gonna miss right like i've played my burn deck and gotten like seventh place out of like 10 people but i've also won first place with my burn deck and i've won second place and this past week i actually played a red green deck which was aggro burn and other cards tied in and wolves and i got first place on that one right so like it just really depends and both of those decks my burn deck is probably like a 60 dollar deck and same thing with my red green like it was, i put in like an extra 25 dollars to buy the red green cards and now i have two very effective competitive decks that i can play in a competitive setting um and then uh i think you know i'd mentioned earlier uh, uh that i got more magic cards for a poison deck i spent 30 dollars on cards for a poison deck mm-hmm. that poison deck i know that poison deck in com- you know comparing what's in the meta right now how fast it is and the people i play with generally that poison deck should get me like a top two, top three um, type of prize for sure. And it was 30 bucks in cards, you know? So like there are effective decks out there that are on a budget that you can play and you're going to have fun with it and say, you, you know, you don't play competitively and you just want to play with friends. Well, now you've got a $30 deck that you can play. And in my case, uh, let's just say a hundred bucks for a hundred dollars. I've got three decks that I can play, mm-hmm. you know, versus, there's decks out there that people are playing that are $400 for a deck. And then the other thing is keeping cards monocolored. You know, when you start getting into multicolor decks, then you start running into the need for, you know, non-basic lands. And those non-basic lands are typically, you know, 8 to $10 a pop, sometimes more, depending on what format you're playing. Uh, standard, obviously, 8 to 10 bucks usually. Uh, but if you start getting into things like Legacy, I mean, you're looking at, you know, stupid money like three and four hundred dollars for a multicolor land mm-hmm. so yeah so that's i guess my advice for people play on a budget <laughs> have fun if you really want to be competitive and spend a bunch of money have at it but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win because mm-hmm. some of the decks i beat the other day were four hundred dollar decks and i spent thirty dollars on mine oh well, i just always remember it's unless you just like cracking packs just for like the chase and the fun like you could just draft those cards instead and get like more out of your money yeah yeah draft for sure and then i don't know rather than crack packs just buy off tcg buy singles yeah yeah buy singles. always always the best advice yeah for sure all right let's dive in some articles uh first one here is sicker at my nintendo news and uh embracer group uh they are doing a global review of their existing pipeline of games in an effort to optimize return on investment. Uh, so essentially, Embracer Group bought a crap ton of stuff. Um, I don't know if you have the financials in front of you. We don't have to go into financials, but bought a crap ton of stuff, different studios, different IPs, etc. And now they're cost cutting, right? They're closing down studios and they're trying to save as much money as they can. Cool, right? Like it kind of sucks. It makes you wonder like, what are like are they truly gonna dive into like brand new games and releasing old ips and all that 
or are they just using it purely for intellectual properties so that they can develop TV shows and movies and other things? Like it, it's kind, it kind of sucks. Like as we start seeing these companies consolidate, you know, this is kind of what you get, right? Cost cutting measures because they went too big too fast or they're not releasing the, the IPs. We see that with Microsoft of all of their stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a mess well, and uh, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Embracer had that huge deal fall through. Yeah. That they $2 billion deal that was supposed to be coming from like Saudi Arabia or something. I think the news just came out on that. So, I mean, they were expecting a windfall, an influx of money probably to be funding all these different projects. Cause I know at some point they had announced that they had like some ridiculous number of potential games in development across all their different studios that they had acquired. But with the deal falling through like that, now them trying to save, you know, like billions of dollars, basically yeah. it's, it's no joke. They're just shutting down studios. And I mean, that's like just a huge loss for everybody. Okay. All of a sudden, all these well, you know, meaning intentions are completely gone and people are out jobs and studios that had chemistry and could have created something, you know, that is all broken up. And those people have to go try to find somewhere else where they can fit in, in a already, you know, not great market. And then there's all of the just like IP that is now all consolidated and being hoarded like all right, I know they tweeted about like doing a legacy of Kane thing, like in something they had it like as a little like mention and everybody like was losing it. And like, Are where they is have that the money to right. go out on a limb for that now? Probably not. No, probably not. And just that's... keep throwing it all at Lord of the Rings and Gollum didn't even perform well. So, and no. that show's not really doing that great either. What the, the rings of power. Yeah, I mean, I never hear people talk about it, really. Like, I think some I like people it. like it, but I don't I like think it. it's, like, as well-received as, like, other modern media. It's not well-received by, I'm going to make a South Park joke, Token. Uh, <laughs> not well-received by Token fans. Uh, Tolkien fans are not a huge fan of it. Like, the really in the weeds, it has to be exactly the same as whatever. Like, oh, it's not even Tolkien-verse and whatnot. It's its own thing. I liked it. I thought it was a very entertaining show. Well, yeah, um, but for the money, like it wasn't as big as like the last of us was last no. of us was huge. Yeah. Last of us. This was didn't huge. do anywhere near as well as that did. No, but that's because of the negativity from a lot of the Tolkien fans talking crap about it when it realistically is not a bad show. It's actually a pretty good show. You should check it out. I enjoyed it for what it I was. watched like three episodes and it's just like, I don't know if it's like, for the money, like, anyways, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're big things that they own that should be doing well and producing for them are not, like, hitting the marks that they could be hitting. Yeah. So, like, them now thinking about going out on a limb and reinventing some of these old legacy things that they finally acquired and, like, some of these buyouts, like, is that going to happen? Probably not. No, and like some, and as you said, there was a ton of games that were in development right now. All these studios are closing. So, how many of those were like in the like maybe Legacy of Kane was one of them, right? Like, how many are projects that were like midway through and it's like, nope, we're slashing budget, we're cutting this game, we're cutting this studio, 
and now that game is not going to get finished and it's just going to sit there forever i know now they're going to have to drag old laura out all right get yeah. out there miss croft yeah make us some money yeah uh and you know what it would not surprise me if that's the direction they went so it's disappointing uh hopefully we see some legacy of kane and some other great old ips make a return uh, but given their cost-cutting measures right now, it is not likely. Um, but talking about uh, games being released, Starfield's first review score has arrived unexpectedly early, and it is strong. So this is Ewan Moore at Gaming Bible. Um, so basically, and there's two things here. I'm going to mention one thing uh, after this, but these are like user scores that are coming in early. Mm -hmm. So the idea is like, well, did somebody get their hands on code first or really quick? And they've now put out a review. And if so, how much time have they actively spent with the game to leave a proper review? Right. So there's that piece. Um, and then the other thing could just be fanboyism, right? Like they're just fanboys releasing. Oh, it's a five. It's a four point nine, whatever out of ten or out of five. I mean, and they're putting out these scores. And if that's the case, then that's kind of dumb, right? Like it holds no weight whatsoever. What does hold weight, though, and I saw this yesterday, was that, and I don't think they've broken embargo by doing this, but somebody said that they have played 15 hours of Starfield, no bugs that they've experienced. Mm. So if you're playing 15 hours of a Bethesda game and you haven't come across a bug in the first two minutes, that's probably positive. Yeah, yeah, that would be definitely saying a lot. I I don't know what is in the NDA, but I know the people that I watch that have those um codes they said that they have the codes but they haven't said anything at all about the game itself and i mean like i said i've got it preloaded on my xbox now so i'm waiting i'm excited I, i'm hoping that it's going to be pretty good um but yeah i don't understand why people like if you did have that as a code <laughs> and you went on this early to leave a review and like break your nda for that like that's so stupid like why would you ever waste like all the effort you've put to get into that position just to do that and if you were just like following suit with somebody else because you saw one person post it and you're like well i'll just do it too like you're even worse yeah like if you're not supposed to say anything till the 31st then you can't just like leave that out there and if it's just some rando person like what do you think you're accomplishing <laughs> Well, and I think the I think the embargo is over on the thirty first. Right? Yeah, so I think that's when it gets lifted. Uh, another thing I'd seen is somebody has said this is Bethesda's most polished game ever. Yeah, so. I mean, I would buy it after all of the you know crap that they've gotten. Bless you. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's about time that they turn that around. Like, I mean, even there was an announcement I think this week. Um, Pokemon came out and they said like that they need to like kind of refocus on making sure that they're putting out like a quality product. Like I think we've just gotten to the point where enough complaints have gotten back that like they don't want to be associated with that. And the quality is too high for the competition out there. Like now that there's other groups making games that are like just as complex and you know like avowed is going to be coming out so they're going to really have to up their game for the next you know elder scrolls so this being their first original ip 
in a while that doesn't have anything holding it back and they're not like beholden to all of the tropes of making fallout feel like fallout and not like what they want it to be exactly hopefully that gives them enough room that this is really as good as these people are trying to make up these reviews for it to be unless they're just like crazy speedrunners or something yeah well, and I, I've been tempted too to when Starfield comes out, pending how it is, I may actually get Game Pass on my PC just to play some Starfield. Oh, you well, know? and then you'll be able to check out all kinds of other stuff. That's the thing. I keep telling people, just check it out. Yeah, but see, dude, Water with a kid and everything, like there's just so much crap I got to do on a day-to-day basis that hopping on the computer for like two and a half, three hours just is not as appealing mm. as you would think. Um, God, I was dragging my feet the other day just to hop on and edit our podcast and stuff and get things loaded online <laughs> so yeah it's like and i work from home so it's like i'm always in this chair at this desk looking at the same monitors yeah you, know, you live your dudes. life there yeah so like if i'm already spending like eight hours of my life nine hours of my life whatever no, it's eight yeah eight hours of my life sitting in front of a computer do i want to keep sitting in front of a computer and eh, not really yeah so yeah um all right, diving into our last uh, thing here is there's, uh, I guess it says analysis, right? More than 220 digital games will disappear when the Xbox 360 store closes. And this is Chris Scullion at Video Game Carnival. We mentioned a lot of his stuff, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is what it sounds like, right? They are closing up the Xbox store. And when that happens, there are 220 digital games that are lost forever. Some of these games did have physical releases. I was looking at the list. Uh, so there are quite a few. But there's others that don't. And this goes into similar to the 3DS store and the Wii U shop and all these other things closing. And, of course, the argument that always comes up, you know, physical versus digital. Well, with physical, yeah, you do have risk down the road that, you know, servers close and you can't access certain aspects of the game if your full game is not on the disc. In some instances, it is on the full disc or cart. Um, Others, it's not. But if it's digital only and you're sitting there with your xbox one or xbox 360 or whatever it is say that goes out or something happens to your account all of that's gone and that's what's happening here right and that's the reason why physical games skyrocket in value by the way is instances like this where a game was only on 360 and there was a digital version and now the only way you're gonna be able to play it is through a physical copy right yeah some of this is like not stuff that i think is only available through there like you've got to be able to get uh batman the telltale series on somewhere else that isn't yeah the xbox 360 digital yeah you can and so that's why i i, I mentioned that some of those kind of like uh what is it is it ducktales or whatever that's on the uh ducktales remastered right mm-hmm. that went up in price dramatically at one point because it was taken off of the uh the wii u store and mm-hmm. you can only play physical now. So physical games will go up in price based on these closures. Same thing you would have had at 3DS. But support physical people. I mean, that's really the any the most I could say, right? Um, if you want to keep your games, if you want to keep playing your games down the road, if you don't want there to be any risk of them going away, buy physical. You know? Yeah, it's one of those things that it's like (laughs) we're saying that, but it's just so one sided now. And the next generation just doesn't care about 
it as much it would seem because for the most part, they don't even really play as many physical games. Like we played way more physical games than young people today are going to play. And I mean, it makes me feel like crazy old. And I do a lot of digital games too. Like I'm mostly on game pass for stuff, but when you're playing just like free to play online mobile games or something like you don't care about buying a physical anything. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you have so many kids nowadays that they're God, what, what's the right terminology here? They're just so like laser focused on like, I play Minecraft. I play Fortnite. Like I play <clears throat> the select two or three games and that's all I play all the time. And that's what I'm focused on. And that, they're cool, lifestyle they're really, games. Yeah. They're really good at it. Right. And that's awesome. But you're not going to be able to really like once those are gone or those kind of hit their peak. Yeah, you're going to move on to the next thing. Sure. But that's all you're playing. Like there's so much out there gaming wise that people could be enjoying. But they're just kind of staying focused on like these few titles. Right? Yeah. And they're not exploring. And I really wish that more more gamers nowadays would explore, you know, more into like the different genres and different games that are out there. So it's just it's disappointing uh, to kind of see where things are heading. Uh, but I, I really do hope that people start to purchase more physical because I know that that's been trending down for a number of years now. So, okay. Well, talking about physical games and one that should probably uh, be on the Xbox 360 digital only and gone away forever is Dino Wars Destruction <laughs> of Spondylus. Uh, so this is developed by Advanced Communications Company, otherwise known as ACC and not the Atlantic Coast Conference uh, in football. Uh, it was published by Bandai. It was released April of 1990. It is a platformer. I will use uh, quotation marks platformer. Oh, dude, there were uh, so many platforms. I know there were there were a lot of platforms. Uh, reception is negative. And part of this I will explain to you right now. Something has gone terribly wrong in the distant man-made spondylus solar system. One by one, the planet's central life support computers have been infected with a life-threatening virus, while the planet's surfaces had been overrun by a giant computerized dinosaur known as Robosaurus. It's up to you as Professor Proteus to use your battlesuit and your Cyborosaurus to save the day. Um, Cyborosaurus. Cyborosaurus. This game, and... Just so you're aware, if you start this game, there's not really a breakdown as to what's happening. You no, got like some cutscenes and stuff, but you just jump right in as your professor in your Cyborosaurus and you just start playing away with no concept as to what the hell is actually happening. Other just than like, shooting, just like any old game, except for maybe not games in the 1990, like they well, had so, already gotten the hang of setup by then. Yeah, so like some games actually give you like a little bit of copy, like, hey, here's what's happening in the world. Here's why you're jumping into a robot dinosaur as a professor. Um, But it doesn't do that. And the main reason people bring it up is the manual probably has more information about what the hell's actually happening as well as a box. So anticipate, oh, kid's going to turn it over, read the box. Okay, cool. That's what it's about. Oh, let me read through my manual. Cool. That's the story. Awesome. I don't need to read it when I boot it up. Not taking into account John and Ryan you know, 34 years after the fact or 33 years after the fact, we're like, Hey, let's play Dino Wars and try and save <laughs> Spondylus. Um, we didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. So yeah. disappointing in that aspect. Uh, so for me, the game itself, soundtrack was all right. Nothing special visuals. 
eh, a lot of it's honestly reused. Like you could tell that there was lazy developing that was going on in this title because there's certain parts that are like they look the same almost when you're playing them. Um, I would say from a platforming perspective, it did feel a little clunky to me. It was not my favorite and it's just slow paced. I mean, it's just for what you've got. It's not like this fast paced platformer like we've done in the past with like Wampum or, or anything along those lines where it just feels more platforming. This was just kind of their spike pits and like platforms to jump to just to call it a platformer is almost what it felt like to me. Yeah. So like you've got kind of two states in this game when you're Proteus in your battle suit, you're running around, you got a little laser pistol that shoots and it shoots like a triple right like one in the middle one going down at an angle one going up at an angle there's some little hovering dudes around some platforms that move slowly side to side or up and down over death pits anytime you die you just go back to the main start screen and it's just like all right do you continue or you want to put in a password you want to do a new game and every time you die you just kind of start over in that area uh, once you get through the segment as the battle suit, you jump into your Cyborosaurus and you stomp around and you you start off with your little tiny arms just like punching little tiny like raptor dinosaurs to death. And then there's like some Triceratops ones. There's like a few different drops that you'll get as the, the big Cyborosaurus where you can have like a uh, fireball. You can have a a punch where your fist flies off and then kind of circles back and comes back to you. You can get a laser beam. You can get like a lobbed bomb and none of them are really all that great. <laughs> They're <laughs> they do stack in power though. So if you keep finding the same drop and avoiding picking up the other ones, you can like make it more powerful. Um, yeah, that, that was a positive actually. Yeah, there's bosses for both like being the dinosaur mode and for being the human mode. The human mode bosses are all the exact same. They're like a mother kind of tank that you have to just like shoot a bunch of times. I never died from getting damaged because like it seemed like you had so much health bar. And by the time you got like a barrier shield, it was just like you were immortal. Yeah. I only died by falling into pits or as the Cyborosaurus like getting blown into a pit by jumping too close to a landmine. Yeah. Um, same experience like that. That health bar is very, very generous uh, for a game. Uh, so you do find yourself, it's more so at your own mistakes than it is difficulty in the game itself. So it is kind of a breeze. I think a full playthrough is like under an hour, if I'm correct. Like yeah, I, I watched a playthrough uh, to figure out how to get around a certain part, and I think it was like 36 minutes or something. Yeah, it's not hard at all in that respect. Like it's it's the a jumping's a little it's... weird. Yeah, like I feel I like the guy really has some like hop to him and a lot more steering you can do in the air. But like it's a little bit hard to land on platforms. I used some passwords and like went to some different levels. Yeah, I didn't go that route. I, I just kind of played through what I what I felt I needed to for today because I wasn't enjoying myself very much to begin with. So I was like, yeah, do I really want to dive into some other levels? Probably not at this rate, just given the experience. Um, so let's dive into some brass tacks here. 
Uh, a complete in box is going to run you 3526. That peaked at 6316 in October of 2022, like everything else. Uh, it is holding its pace right now at 3526. A loose copy is going to run you 825. That peaked at 1040 in June of this year. That's currently trending down. And honestly, I think it'll keep trending down. It's not that great of a game, you know, like, yeah, but it's got awesome art. It does have awesome art. And so it kind of makes you wonder if the reason that this game got hyped years ago was because of the art. And there's some cool, like fan art that I'm seeing on, uh, the internet here for like the Cyborosaurus or maybe just robot T-Rexes in general. I mean, but, come on, what's there to not love? It's robots and dinosaurs. Yeah, I I think that they need to just bring it back. Bring back the Dino Wars. I want to see Dino Wars 3D in 4K. Dino, 4K Dino Wars. Same thing. Actually, VR. VR, and you just go side sideways. You're Live the Dino VR. Wars. Yeah. Can you imagine if you made a VR game that was just side-scrolling, so you kind of got that perspective of, like, if you were the side-scrolling character, mm-hmm. and you could literally just move straight? That's it. That'd yeah. be pretty interesting. So I guess in my opinion, if you were a collector and you wanted all of the robot dinosaur games in your collection and you had to buy this one, I would get it. Otherwise, I would probably stay away, even though the art is really cool. You could just Google the art and appreciate it. You don't need okay. to own it. So totally agree with you i don't think this game is worth any more than five bucks yeah i would say five bucks would be generous if you if you got this for five bucks i would be happy with it for the art and the amount of time that you could consume playing this game if you're beating it in under an hour there's other things you could do for five dollars you could get really good at it and like try to submit a speed run and go to like gdq that could be a fun thing maybe you want to do that yeah, but then you'll be known as the guy that did speedruns of Dino Wars. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wish that fate on anyone. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think we're unanimous here. This game is inflated. <laughs> yeah. At 825. So. All right, let's find something better to play next week. So next week uh, is episode 250. Oh, um, that's right. Special. So, we will be playing good stuff again. I. I think we need to do like a revisit of a we game. Will. So even if we just review one game, I think it's worth doing a revisit and you know, which game I'm talking about. We'll kind of leave that up to imaginations for people. It is a prior game. So maybe you should go back in the next week and listen to 250 episodes <laughs> or 200. Well, it's actually over 250 because we've had some like, lost episodes kind of baked in there so listen to all of our old episodes and see if you can find out which game ryan and i want to play there's several where we say hey we got to revisit this at some point in the future mm-hmm. i only know of one occasion off the top of my head and i know which one that is um uh, but i know there's like 10 or 15 games where we're like yeah we should totally revisit that down the road mm-hmm. yeah all right well i'm not going to confuse you this week um <laughs> this has been episode 249 of the game players podcast my name's john and i'm ryan and thanks for listening